Well, we want to welcome you to today's segment of Red River Rising. We're discussing God's umbrella of protection. And specifically, uh, we're speaking or reading from the book of uh, Numbers, chapters 23 through 25, where Israel's enemies try to curse them to no avail because they're protected by God. So take a listen, and we hope you're blessed. Uh, so, Rick, let's recap just a little bit. Let's catch us back up here. Last time that we had talked about this, uh, you know, they, the, the, we left off with a talking donkey. But kind of catch us up to speed here. Where are we at right now in the story? Well, the, the children of Israel are camped out next to the nation of Moab. Okay. And the king of Moab, whose name is Balak, is terrified because the Israel had just defeated the Amorites. So he sends for a prophet-like person named Balaam okay. uh, in a foreign country. And he sends his nobles there to beseech him to come and curse the nation of Israel. So, and they offer him a lot of money, and that catches Balaam's attention, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, and so they're on their way from Balaam's homeland to the nation of Moab. Okay. And on the way, uh, God gets angry at, uh, Balaam. Mm-hmm. And we kind of let the cat out of the bag. The Bible doesn't tell it till a few verses farther, but it's because Balaam was overeager to get there. He had the wrong attitude. He wanted to go not to speak the word of God. But, you know, and to glorify God right. and, and what God was doing with Israel, he wanted to go to get rich. Yeah. You know, his yeah. mind was on all that wealth that uh, Moab was offering to him. Yeah. All right. So then we get up. We see the donkey go crazy on the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, God's angry. So he sends his angel and his angel standing there with his sword drawn and the donkey sees it. Yeah. And so the uh, three times the donkey saved Balaam's life. The third time she just sat down in the middle of the road. <laughs> And, and uh, that's where we're picking back up is a right. donkey in the middle of the road. Yeah. All right. And, and, and to make it even more amazing, the donkey starts talking. <laughs> Balaam right. has a conversation with his donkeys. You know, I wonder if the nobles, the Moabite oh. nobles could hear the, you know, could they only hear one way conversation or could they hear the donkeys too? You know, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would certainly think that, um, no matter how it played out, they probably had a puzzled look on their face right. either way. Yeah. I mean, either he's talking to himself or he's talking to a donkey. Either way, it's going to look weird to anybody else, you know, right. standing around. So, yeah. so well. um, Balam beats the donkey for the third time and, and she turns to him and says, what have I ever done to you that you've beat me these three times? <laughs> Well, right there, I'd probably just like pass out in That's shock. Me. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'd be like, oh, uh, 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 nothing. Yeah. But Balaam just goes right on ahead and, and responds because you've been playing games with me. If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. Yeah. And the, the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your trusted donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? Can you imagine being scolded by your dog <laughs> right. or you know, a donkey or something? I mean, let's, let's put this in perspective. I mean, a dog, is, and I guess it's loyal, but I don't know how the relationships were between maybe their donkey and the person, but I don't think they are like the loving. A donkey was used as a, a tool. It was, they were used for, for work and they were used for transport. They weren't really used for affection. So take mm-hmm. out, you know, where a dog is like a loyal relationship. I mean, you're talking like if you went outside and – you know, of course, it's an inanimate object. But what if your car just, you know, like Night Rider, all of a sudden started talking to you again? Yeah. That's really what it was. So not even something that you would have a relationship with, but a tool that you used mm-hmm. that was faithful to you each time. Anyway, I just, I, it, it gets, it gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> so, um, I just want to uh, 
point out a little learning lesson here from the perspective of the donkey. Um, she was, you know, she was obedient and faithful and, and saved Balaam's life three times mm-hmm. and, and took a beating for it each time. So there's going to be times in life when we act on the best interest of others, but they're going to lash out at us because of they have a wrong perception or conclusions of what's going on. That's right. And so, uh, you know, don't get discouraged when that happens. You know, it, it, it is going to happen. And just, you know, take it patiently and lovingly. Yeah. Man, that's a really good point, Ray. And, you know, unlike that, where I was talking about with the donkey being uh, you know, used for something, that normally happens from those that are closest to us. Right. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you, you share something or you look out for somebody's best, you know, interest for them. And the reason why you're doing that is because you love them and you care for them and those are normally the ones that don't see it the same and mm-hmm. backlash at you absolutely yeah. and there's i mean balaam had his reasons for acting this way mm-hmm. you know he was looking like a fool in front of the nobles you know he was wanting even though it wasn't a good motive he was wanting to go mm-hmm. in order to get wealthy yeah. um so there were reasons why he responded the way he did and so there's reasons why people that lash out back at us do that you know maybe they they feel insecure you know, uh, maybe the, the devil's putting all these kind of wrong notions in their, in their head, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not seeing reality clearly. You know, they're, they're looking at it from a different perspective than what we might be when all we want to do is just help them and bless them. Yeah, the Lord just spoke to me while you were talking, Rick, and I want to point this out because this is what he just said to me. I was thinking uh, that donkey, well, he said, I, am I not your trusted donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? See, this donkey didn't have a reputation of acting this way either. Right. So all this time, this donkey did the right thing over and over and over and over again. So when it came time to be tested, he could stand in proof of character of who he was. So mm-hmm. that's a lesson for us right. to remember that, that our character and what we do and how we treat others in a time when it's put to the test needs to be of good report. Right. So that we could say the same thing. And and uh to Balaam's shame, he should have realized this and and then just concluded that the donkey even though was acting very strange was doing it in his best interest. But that's an eye opening thing there, you know, when when that donkey was able to say that and recognize that, we could be able to just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, for our brothers, mothers, sisters, uncles, whatever it may be, friends and say, you know, look, I've have I ever steered you wrong? Have I ever misguided you in any way? I've always looked out for your best interest. Yeah. And that would help them say, right. you know what? you're exactly right. Right. Yeah. Listen. See, for their part, they should say, yeah, you've always been upstanding towards yeah. me. So even though I don't quite understand the circumstances, right. you know, yeah. I trust you. Anyway, sorry, the Lord just spoke that to me. I had to share that because sure. that was good. Okay. Great point. Great point to point out, Rick. Yep. So picking back up in verse 31, it says, Then God helped Balaam see what was going on. Um, so God opened Balaam's eyes. He saw the angel with the sword drawn and everything. And he just, you know, he instantly, you know, a talking donkey didn't faze him. Right. But when he saw an angel about to smite him, <laughs> yeah. he just fell to the ground. Yeah, you know, donkeys come and go. But, you know, <laughs> especially talking ones. I mean, right. but, you know. Yeah, yeah, an angel of the Lord there uh, with a sword. Yeah, blocking your way. Yeah, that, Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm listening. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, but, he, you know, he did do, finally he did something that made sense. He fell face to the dirt and, and just uh, became totally humble and submissive before um the representative of god right 
And um, God's angel said, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I came to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself. Woo! Uh-oh. Preach. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, under, I'm, matter of fact, I got a little notes here. I'm going to underline that here. Yeah. Getting way ahead of yourself. Yeah. Well, we could do that quite often, can't we? We sure can. And uh, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a saying, you know, we can wait on God and watch everything fall into place for his glory. Or we can get ahead of God and watch everything fall apart. That's right. Man, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. And exactly usually right. when we get ahead of God, it's because of our own glory. Yep. And that's the self-evident right here in the story, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a telling sign, folks. Uh, you know, almost everything that we do, not almost, everything you ought to do ought to be examined through the eyes of Scripture mm-hmm. and ought to be able to be examined through the heart, uh, you know, that's uh, loving and trusting in God, too. Mm-hmm. So. What motives? What are your motives? Right, right. So he was he was too eager to get there, and his motives were wrong. Yeah, you know he he was supposed to go there to speak the word of God and glorify God, but instead he wanted to get rich. Yeah, absolutely. The angel went on to say, you know, I would have killed you, but I would have let the, the donkey live, and um, you know that just demonstrates. <laughs> you know that's pretty bad when a donkey can. When it, when, you know, you get judged and the donkey's okay. Uh, no. Well, you know, who was doing right? Uh, you right, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. the donkey was in the right here. Yeah. That, yeah. That's gotta be humbling when in, in God's eyes, the donkey was more righteous than you are. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it just shows, you know, God doesn't punish for the sake of punishing. You know, there, there's got to be a reason for it and it's usually our sin. That's right. Know, our bad behavior. Um, the innocent donkey, even though it, she was unwittingly uh, an unwitting accomplice, you know, she was transporting him to Moab where he wanted to get rich. Um, her heart was pure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that just kind of reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah, where God said, even if there's five righteous people, I won't destroy the whole city. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. you know, God takes an individual's heart, an individual person's heart into account. Just because you're justice doesn't mean you're unlove or you're not love. You know what I'm saying? That God is love, but we had talked about this in the past too. There, there was, there was, uh, the law was given, of course, thank, thank you, Lord, <laughs> that Jesus came, um, to fulfill that law, you know, for us. But the law was given as stated simply, you do this, this is what happens. You know, the wages of sin is death. And, you know, it's very, but God loved us and loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. God didn't start loving us at some point. He's always loved us. Mm -hmm. So even during this time, God's love is still there. It's always been there, but he's also a God of justice. He's also a, a right standing God and he cannot allow. We can because we have sin through us. We don't understand that concept of that. But God and sin don't mix. Mm-hmm. They just don't. So it's one way. It has to be this way. But we see, you're right, time and time again where God's love will actually supersede what we actually deserve to get as God interjects in those sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And so Balaam, um, He's humbled himself and, and he confesses, I have sinned. I had no idea you were standing in the road blocking the way. If you don't like what I'm, if you don't like what I'm doing, I'll head back. So we see here humility, confession, and repentance. 
you know, he says, if you don't like what I'm doing, I'll stop it. I'll go, I'll go the other direction. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what repentance means. It means to stop and head in the other direction. That's right. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a complete change. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I'm sorry. It's not just okay. And they keep moving forward. It is a change of mind and change of direction right. in our mind. That's right. Right. Okay. And, um, but the angel said, uh, go ahead and go with them, but only say what you're told to say. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. See, that was his original mission. That's right. So God's re- reiterating, hey, I want you to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I want to be glorified in the eyes of Israel and, in Moab, mm-hmm. but only say what I tell you to say. Yep. So, so God gets him back on track in a, in one of the most unusual ways <laughs> That's right. cited in the Bible. Yep. Um, and we see here though, Balaam, only when impending judgment was upon him, did he confess and repent and submit to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately this attitude, you know, he had a shallow attitude about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see that play out to his detriment later. Yeah, unfortunately, that's right. Yeah. You know, the Bible in the New Testament, uh, Paul writes in there, it says to make sure that we renew our mind daily. This is the reason why mm-hmm. is because we get die to self. We have to die to self over and over, remove, renew our mind in the word because it keeps us searching and seeking the Lord. Mm-hmm. When we get complacent with things and when we get shallow was a good word. I like that because mm-hmm. we're not deep with God. Right. When we're yeah. not deep with God and we're shallow with him, this is the same kind of attitude that can flow in our life too. You know, as, as when the danger left, when he was no longer under impending doom, then that that seed and that lust and that desire for wealth came back up. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately for him. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So where are we at? Verse, what, 36 around, around there? Verse 36. Uh, when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him. So, you know, he didn't wait for Balaam to come to his palace. I mean, he was just eager. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he wanted to get this business done. You know, that's how terrified of Israel he was. Right. So he went out to the edge of his kingdom and met Balaam there. Mm-hmm. Read this through, Rick, if you would. I'd like to actually go ahead and, and finish that up. Read okay. all the way through, through 41, if you don't mind. That uh, will do. Um, so at, in 37, it said, Balak said to Balaam, didn't I send you an urgent message for help? Why did you come? Why didn't you come when I called? Do you think I can't pay you enough? Ah, yep. See, uh, again, there's little regard for God here. It's all, you know, That's right. I can pay you wealth or this worldly way of seeing things, that worldly way of seeing things. And um, Balaam responded, well, I'm here now, but I can't tell you just anything. I can speak only words that God gives me, no others. Yeah. So we think, hey, all right, Lom's got it now. <laughs> Here we go. He's, he's now shifted it. Even though it got thrown at him, he shifted it back to God. Only God can tell me what to do. And mm-hmm. we think, all right, well, he's on the right path. But yeah. continue on, brother. Uh, Balaam then accompanied Balak to uh, street town. And Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep for sacrifices and presented them to Balaam and the nobles who were with him. At daybreak, Balak took Balaam to the heights of Baal so they could see so they could get a good view of some of the people of Israel. Yeah. So there they are uh, looking out over Israel and they set up seven altars and they kill a, a, uh, a bull and a ram on each one. And then Balaam says, okay, stand here by your sacrifice. I'm going to go a short distance away and see if God will meet with me. Yeah. Now I want to point out something real quick. And, um, I was talking with uh, our pastor about this, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, Oftentimes, and, and even in Jesus' life, you look at this, uh, I want you to understand, we often want to hear God, 
but we don't want to get away from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. Did you notice he said, I have to go, well, you stay here, I'm going over here. You know, so often Jesus did the same thing. Exactly. I was he, just thinking that. That's right. He got away from his, everybody and got alone to hear, and, and that's Jesus. I mean, hey, that's, 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 God, you know what I'm saying? The part of the Trinity there. And Jesus got alone so that he could spend and talk with the Father. So what I'm telling you is, is you get busy with life and everything's going on, blah, blah, blah. And then you can't sit there and say, well, I never hear God. You never give him time. You got to get alone and be able to get in that prayer closet or whatever it may be, you know, quiet to yourself, away from everybody and everything. Yeah, if he's not important enough for you to get away from the world... And focus on him. Yeah. Why should he talk to you? Yeah, yeah. What What does it matter, right? What he says to you because you're too busy to take what he has anyway, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Anyway, a little side note there, man. But I wanted to make sure that people grasp that because uh, so often we, we we'll get desperate for that. Just mm-hmm. like these people were desperate, you know, for uh, someone to come and prophesy something for them. We get desperate. Oh, you need it, but we'd never take the time. Well, not never, but we need to take the time, right? To get alone so that God can talk to us. You know, one of the biggest things of prayer is not just talking, it's listening. Yeah, You could talk so much that you never get to hear the word of God mm-hmm. come down. So anyway, yeah. right. I'm going to stop talking. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. <Ray. laughs> All right. So now we're in chapter uh, Numbers chapter 23. So Balaam goes a short distance away and God gives him a message. So he comes back and uh, proceeds to bless Israel. And Balak gets a little frustrated he says you know uh i brought you here to to curse my enemies and and you're blessing them (laughs) and and again balaam reiterates i can only speak what the almighty tells me to say right so uh balak says i don't know you know why he thought this but he you know he tried to come at the situation from another angle you know so he says well let me take you over to another location where you can see them from a different point of view. Maybe that'll change God's mind. Right. And then you can curse them. Right. So that's what they did. They went to a, a different location, seven more altars, you know, a bull and a ram sacrificed on each one. And Balaam says the same thing. Stand by your sacrifice. I'll go a short distance away and we'll see what God says. Mm. Well, basically, uh, you know, God did speak to Balaam, but it was basically the same thing. You know, go back and speak a blessing over Israel. Yeah. And so that's what he did, and Balak is getting frustrated. I brought you here to curse my enemies. You know, if you're not going to curse them, please don't bless them. Right, you know, right. So he's getting all frustrated, and he's not understanding why his his wealth won't buy a cursing. Yeah. You know, uh, and again, Balaam just reiterates, I can only speak what the Almighty tells me to say. You know, I think there's a lot to be said there. You know, he was pretty persistent uh, trying to get what he wanted out of him. Mm-hmm. And um, how often can we be worn down by others who want something that's not right? Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I constantly, hey, I want you to do this. No, we can't. We'd stand up for the right thing. Well, then they come back. We'll do this again. You know, really, it'd be nice. Love to have you guys come join us or do this or do that. Something that we know is not right. Mm-hmm. And we stand our ground. We stand our ground. But, boy, they keep wearing on us. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, Delilah did that with Samson. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And eventually wore him down. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's where we need to make sure that we stay in the word too, because mm-hmm. we need that strength. And that's the reason why we get with like-minded believers as well mm-hmm. to edify and build us up so that even though those outside forces may be pounding away, they're trying to chisel at you. You've got somebody building you up while somebody else is actually trying to tear you down because that we're going out into the world. 
And to go out into the world means that we're going out into destruction and, and devastation and heartache and so on and so forth that wants you to be a part of them. And to be different in that, we got to stick together in that realm to be able to solidify uh, or build up, you know, uh, each other to be able to be strong in the sight mm-hmm. of that and not give in. Yep. And, and what you just said actually lays the foundation for the main teaching point we're going to emphasize here in a little bit. Well, Rick, that um, sounds good to yeah. me. Because, you know, if we go out into the world, the devil's playground, we open ourselves up for trouble. Well, folks, that's a good little thought there to end on for today. I got to tell you, uh, I hope that today's lesson blessed you. We've had a, a blast with this, man. This is such a unique story in the Bible. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. But uh, until next time, I'm Pastor Mike, and along with me always here is my brother Rick Salcedo. And uh, Rick, sign us off with that catchphrase. Yeah, I love that thing there, the Prepare what? Prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Have a great day.